Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments and then examine it in obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco and Kyle. Yes, sir. Uh, you and, and listeners to our previous season and even now, maybe this will be the first time I mention this. I, I am. What's that? Five stars for Spar. Oh, five stars for Spar. Thank you. Um <laughs> Uh, so I am the woman that I'm related to by marriage, uh, <laughs> my spouse, uh, who I she love. She wishes she could not be named. Yes, I love her tremendously. <laughs> she is a first-generation American, born and raised in Arizona, in the United States of America. Her parents were immigrants from China. So, uh, as you can imagine... Coming together, this has always been, ever since we were dating and our relationship and, and being married, it's been a great and beautiful melding of cultures, right? Like, we mm-hmm. have that. But one of the things that I have always, you know, that has happened is that there have been times where I have been in the room with Margie and her siblings or, you know, <laughs> her mom and her mom lived with us or other people. And when there are things that they want to say, but they don't want me to know, they speak in Chinese, which they speak a dialect of, it's called Hoizan. It's not it's not Mandarin or Cantonese. It's it's a dialect that's I think off of Cantonese. I'm going to be wrong, and I'm going to yell that for this, but that's fine. <laughs> but you know, it always used to make me laugh because even growing up, I mean, like you know, if you if you're a descendant of recent immigrants who were bilingual or trilingual, whatever it may be, that's always a funny experience, right? Where like. All of a sudden, the people in your household just start talking a different language, and you don't know what they're saying. And then you have to wonder, like, are you talking about me? What are you talking about? Why do I bring that up? Uh, there's some questions about uh, what a certain person who speaks Russian is saying in the next minute. That's right, because here we are in, in the bilingual minute 47 <laughs> yes. of uh, Iron Man 2 from 2010, Director Mr. John Favreau. Uh, we are coming to the end of uh, Justin Hammer's epic monologue, and now we're going to hear what Ivan has to say. So at the last sentence he had said was, uh, well, I'll, I'll lead up to it a little bit, too. So he's coming to the end of his sales pitch, and Justin Hammer says, the only difference between you and I is that I have resources. I think, if I may, and this minute picks up with, you need my resources. Oh. Someone behind you, a benefactor, I'd like to be that guy. It's a pretty good pitch, That's I gotta say. <laughs> I gotta say, like, I'm like, I- I've never had anyone say anything like that to me, so like, a- outside, I've got lots of ideas. Just no. like my, you know, like, just last episode, I, I revolutionized the spray tan industry, <laughs> and yet I'm waiting for a benefactor like Justin <laughs> Hammer to show up. <laughs> if you could put aside the hands, if you can put aside the audaciousness of the airplane hanger and the dessert first, if you can also put aside, we didn't mention this, oh. you know, here's the other thing that's funny. Here's Justin Hammer, impeccably dressed, this yep. incredibly ornate place setting, right? All this stuff. White and he's roses. got his napkin. He's got his napkin just tucked in the collar of his shirt. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it just is well, all the whole thing. Imported organic ice cream, so he doesn't want to get it on his nice suit. <laughs> Seriously, anyway, it just makes me laugh. So, so then, yeah, Ivan then responds. So like Ivan then is, has been listening to all this stuff, understanding all of it because we know that Ivan speaks perfect English, understands right. perfect English at this point. Uh, it has has gotten that, and so he says something in Russian, and he rattles it off very quickly. And Justin Hammer looks at him, shakes his head like. Okay, like I know. So uh, there's a little story that goes along with this. So 
uh, Mickey Rourke wanted to learn Russian, so he had a Russian coach. Like he wanted to make sure that his Russian sounded authentic, and so he wanted to have it be as. And so he worked on it. And so he found this particular phrase, and he wanted to have this. In it. And so he said it in the movie and worked really hard to nail every syllable and get it right because he thought this was important. And Favreau cut it. He cut the line in half. And so Mickey Rourke, like at the at the actor showing when they first did it, came to him and like, "You got to put it back." I worked really, really hard on that line. That line is important. It needs to be in the movie. You have to put it back in the movie. And John Favreau went, oh, oh, if this means that much to you, okay. And it was actually the last change they made before they locked the movie was putting it oh, back in. Wow. So the concession to it was the second half of the line, as you see when it goes, plays over Justin's reaction. So like it's as opposed to just one, almost, you know, one... 22nd, whatever it is, like, you know, thing rattling off Russian where there's no subtitles. And so that's the part of the thing is you don't want the audience to be confused. So this is a filmmaking trick. You have somebody say something in another language, you don't get subtitles because the person in the other half of the conversation is confused. So you want the audience to be confused too because we're right. with Justin in this. Like, right. what is going on with this guy? So what he says is if I get killed, do not wake me. It is better to die than to live in your world. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> so good because <laughs> he knows not one person in that room is going to be able to understand what he just said like just showing his loathing for everything Justin right. stands for <laughs> in, in a way that you know, he has no idea he's like I'm going to take you for all you're worth I'm gonna <laughs> right. <laughs> you are about to get hosed on this deal but sure let's be pals if I get killed, do not wake me. It is better to die than to live in your world. Now, isn't that okay? But now I, I find that an interesting line, though, in that if I get killed, okay, yeah. so if I get killed, I'm dead. Yeah. Do not wake me. Well, you're not going to be able to wake me if I'm dead. <laughs> I think it's poetic. Oh, I was being very, I, what am I doing being a literalist? <laughs> I, you know what? I see. Now, that's funny because when I saw it, I did. I found that, too, in the research. And I was like, wow, is he trying to say with all this technology, if something happens to me, don't try. Don't try and save me. Like, because my path's already been taken. Like, that's what I took that to mean, quite literally. Right. And then his 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 emphasis on it is because I want to die than rather live in this world of your unabashed wealth and ex yeah. extravagance and stuff like that. So, I mean, to me, it all, it all makes sense. It's, it's poetic and literal. It's like, I mean, class warfare. I mean, like yes. it really is like, this is, this is the have nots and the haves. Like Exa exactly. I hate everything about you. I hate everything you stand for, but wow, I mean, sure. I, let's be pals. Can I just tell you, I mean, dude, are you not impressed? <laughs> Minute 47. Look at the deep, deep character arcs that we have in this movie. This, these are two, seasoned actors who took the time to really do their homework like well, the, this like, is you know, incredible from, from the spray tan to the the you know the the russian epithet like yes. these guys like took their time and they they made it like Dude. You know, serious like these are well-developed characters aren't you having a blast so far this is amazing i wouldn't say a blast because i know what's coming Oh, uh, <laughs> dang it. Come on. <laughs> but I do not fault Sam Rockwell or Mickey Rock or Mickey Rourke at all in the in this. Like I, I like they are they are doing their best. And Mickey Rourke apparently is uh, not pleased with the cut of the movie as well. He uh, thinks most of his best stuff got sliced up and dropped on the editing room floor. Well, you know what I have to say to you about that? What? 
very good man. Very good. Because <laughs> <laughs> Justin then is saying, okay, do you speak English? Because I can get a translator. Yeah, I like, know. dude. <laughs> Have you been understanding everything I'm saying? And, of course, I, 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 like, I even could probably answer him in perfect English. Instead, sure. chooses to play the role of, right. like, I barely understand English at all. Very good, man. So, he's not saying he's a very good man. From what I... It's it's very good, man. Comma. The importance yeah, of commas. Comma. <laughs> right. Very good, man. Like, like, okay, we have a deal. And so, Justin repeats a very good man. Ivan says, very good, man. <laughs> and hey, they, hey, And they yes. toast. So, Ivan, I love it. Ivan grabs the bottle... <laughs> <laughs> and clinks against Justin's, I think, water glass or wine yeah, glass? water glass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's what they do. It's also, it's very bad luck to toast with water. And so eh, we'll see how that's going to play out. Oh, that's, um, oh, what a great pull on that. Right? Yes, this is true. Okay. Now, I also think it was funny is earlier on in the previous minute when they, when the attendees first came up to him, they were pouring red wine mm-hmm. um, and we couldn't tell. There was no way to tell what kind of wine it was or else we would have talked about right. that. But they were pouring red wine. And then I love when they come to toast. All of a sudden, he's got vodka. A bottle of vodka. vodka. Yeah. Bottle of vodka. Yeah. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> I, you know, as a, I got to say, Justin Hammer is a great host because he's yeah. like, you know, let's give him options. He did say we have everything. That's right. So, so here you go. Whatever he wants, okay. he can get. And yeah, so I, apparently there is a much longer version of the scene somewhere. Uh, that oh. sort of implies that there's a longer one. Uh, but then we get to a uh, different conversational uh, gambit. Uh, we've talked about you know war and family and legacy and Russian proverbs, and there's a little bit of gamesmanship going on. But no one's talked about a bird. Oh. <laughs> So that's this is what Ivan puts out his one demand. He wants one thing for Justin Hammer in order to do this work for him. I want my bird. Now, just so we know, we're not playing the sound because the bird has not actually appeared on it's, screen. No, the bird just is not FYI. here. There is no bird. They're just the talking not here. about the bird. And now, so Justin is very confused by this. It, it's this is I think this is such an interesting Okay, and for those of you who are listening, are like, are you serious? You think this is interesting? Yes, I do. Here's why. <laughs> First of all, Ivan, he obviously gets very serious about this. Mm-hmm. Is this him breaking his own character? Like, I want, I want my Boyd, and we'll get you know, and and Justin's reaction, which is great, because Justin almost breaks his character, where he's just like, so that what you want a you want a bird? You want a bird? And and you can so see he, it. Sam Rockwall does it great. Yeah. His whole his whole facial expression is like, He's "Whoa, like, we're we're so close to sign, to signing this deal." Like, I'm I'm offering oh. you. I'm, I mean, like, I am in his mind. I yeah. am changing your life mm-hmm. entirely. Yeah, I have just offered all of this to you. I broke you out of jail, by the way. Yeah, remember that? Gave you salmon carpaccio. And and you just all <laughs> well, of a sudden put the, right, you put the brakes on everything and you said you want your bird and oh, oh by the way, you speak English. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like I mean no, I love that. And then you know, you get to the whole thing where he's like, you know, like and and then he immediately just in, in that fraction of a second goes from mm-hmm. what to okay, fine. I'll get your yeah, bird. I'll get, get your bird. 10 birds, right? Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Ivan then slams the table. Mm-hmm. I want my boy. My boy. Well, what's going on here? Because <laughs> uh, to me, this is Ivan. What is, I mean, like, I, whenever I've seen this movie, which I do yeah. enjoy, I always wonder is this him? If there's one thing that he 
can can embrace mm-hmm. with any sentimentality. It's not his father because his father's gone. Mm-hmm. It is that bird. And so for him, it's his, I, I can't believe I'm going to use the Linus, the Linus analogy. Ooh. It's the blanket. Is the bird his, and of course Linus from the beloved character of Peanuts and Charlie Brown. Is this, is that what is going on here? Um, or is he, or is he just trying to show a thing that, hey, I want to, I'm going to play with you even more <laughs> and I want to see how many hoops you will go through for me. No, I think it, I think it's, it's, it's a much, I think this is honest, honesty from Ivan. Right. I think he really does want to burn. However, while where you see Linus in the blanket, I see Buffalo Bill and Precious. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I think that this is this is the one like, sort of humanizing thing about Ivan, who's like a you know a Russian slab built for revenge, but he also loves his bird, and just like Buffalo Bill was a good pet owner. Okay, so wait, I just want to just let's just pause right there. <laughs> oh, hold on a second. Buffalo Bill has, has his negative qualities. I, I admit, you know, but I mean, I was obviously a, a, a talented tailor, but that's that's beside the point. But okay, <laughs> good pet owner. I think we can all agree on that, right? Whoa! In case you're missing the reference, we just, (laughs) in minute 47 (laughs) of Iron Man 2, Uh we just came into a discussion where we're not sure which which entertainment metaphor applies more appropriately. Peanuts or Silence of the Lambs. (laughs) What? (laughs) That's the title of this episode, by the way. What? <laughs> oh my goodness! I think that obviously, this was, this was something they wanted to do. They wanted to have an animal because Mickey Rourke actually is a huge animal lover. Like that yeah, is one of the things he is like, and he is so much so that he has the name of one of his dead dogs tattooed on his neck. Yeah, and you can see it very clearly in here. And that actually caused a little bit of a problem uh, because uh, <laughs> the name of the dog that died that he loved that he wanted to tribute was. Loki. So on his neck, on the right hand side of his neck, he has a large Loki tattoo put on his neck. And Kevin Feige had a huge problem with this. He's like, whoa, 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 we're just about to release Thor. Like next year, like in in twelve months. Loki's going to be on everyone's mind. We cannot have our main character have our main villain have a Loki tattoo. So they had to digitally alter it. So when you look at him in this, these scenes, you'll see it does not look like Loki at all. First of all, it's written backwards because he wants to be able to see it in the mirror. That was another Mickey Rourke decision. Oh, okay. But they don't do it on every shot. So if you look very carefully and through the rest of the movie, You'll actually see Loki written very clearly on his neck in a lot of shots because they didn't digitally alter it and all. It's just on the, like the the real serious close ups like this one. But it's so, Loki spelled backwards on his neck. Yes, so you would. Okay. Yes. It's, well, I'd say it's not. It's it's written in mirror language. Mirror so language. Mirror language. Like not spelled yeah, backwards. Right. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just just for clarification. Well, you can uh, see yeah. what they did is they took the the L and the O and they turned yep. it into an M. Exactly. And they and that's easy. That yeah, was they, honestly. They, they said they basically there. altered the O so it wouldn't look like a U or something. I mean, they 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 tried right. to do it. But like I said, they don't do it on every shot because I guess it was expensive. Uh, and uh, John Favreau was well, was not pleased about this, and he said, uh, you know, it's fine here on home release, but he said when you blow it up on IMAX, it looks terrible. Because <laughs> I think it was one of those last minute like, uh, just smear it. You know, basically you know, the digital version of just like <laughs> like scratch it out on the screen. Okay, like scratch but it out I, on the negative. I, I, I gotta tell you this though. 
Mm-hmm. Had this happened later in the first 10 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, <laughs> they would have kept it. And they would have and they would have figured out a way to weave that into the lore. Let's say in a different parallel universe. Joe Casey to write a comic book that it would uh, that explain the connection between the two of them. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, because I mean, think about this. This is still in the in this infancy of all this. Mm-hmm. And as you're right, like they're they know where they're going immediately. The very next movie, obviously, yeah. is yeah. is doing this filming. Yeah. So, oh, that could have been so interesting, right? Oh wow. Oh, okay. There's a totally new thing. Okay, well now I'm okay. My mind is blown several times in this episode because <laughs> the songs of the lambs, Linus, and now we got. So yeah. So on Justin's line is he's still trying to figure out this bird thing. Well, okay, nothing's impossible. I could. Are we talking about? Is this bird back in Russia? <laughs> and that's where the that's where the the scene transitions. No, that's so, where that. Yeah, we're not done with the minute. Yeah, we're but not that's done with the minute. That, no, no, there's still a little bit more to go. But do you, uh, because we're gonna we're gonna jump across the pond here. Do you love though how Justin and I appreciate this? He's a problem. I mean, it, it, one of the things that he does is, is he's a problem solver. I mean, obviously yeah. he's trying trying the best he can with his solutions. But in his mind, he's already like, okay, it's a bird. It's in Russia. <laughs> Dude, we're gonna get yeah. whatever bird you think. <laughs> no, we're just you gonna think you're a bird. <laughs> it tells what the bird looks he, like roughly. He, he's, I mean, he's already in his head, and you can see it again because his demeanor switches. Like, okay, yeah, all right, we can, well, yeah, we'll figure that out. Sure, <laughs> enjoy your salmon. <laughs> so then we move from Monaco all the way to Malibu, from Monica to Malibu. The Iron oh, Man 2 story. Nice. Uh, so uh, we we come back to it, and we're inside of Tony Stark's house. Now, there are. Uh, it looks like there are three people in the scene, but there are actually only two. <laughs> so you have Pepper Potts, you have Natalie Rushman, and you have a, a dude standing between them. Uh, that is actually a statue called Le Homme Que Marche the First, created by Swiss sculptor Alberto Giacometti. I find this interesting because this is a like he is a, a famous sculptor. I think he I think he died somewhere in the sixties or so. Like, but this is a his, his work obviously lives on, and they wanted this specifically there. Uh, this is a copyrighted thing. So I've been going back and playing Lego Marvel: The Avengers because you actually mm-hmm. can go to Tony Stark's house and walk around in it, and this isn't there. And so I went to look, and in no version of of uh, Stark's house in any other media is that statue there, <laughs> which I just find fascinating because it's a copyrighted piece of art uh, that they had to get used with permission like it wasn't like a, a facsimile or whatever um, so it can't be in any other thing unless they have to get the rights for it too so if you play the video game any video game any cartoon it will not be there I think that's fun oh interesting yeah so the, so the so what we see is Pepper Potts and Natalie are doing damage control over all the, the craziness that's spinning out of, of the attack in Monaco. Uh, so Pepper's on the phone and she says, yes, but the fundamentals of the company are still very, very strong despite the events in Monaco. And Natalie is on another call and she says, yes, of course. And then she like covers the thing to, to try and get Pepper's attention and says, the AP wants a quote. Uh, and so that actually is where the minute comes to an end. But not before some product placement, because <laughs> Pepper Pot loves herself some Dr. Pepper. Yes, that's uh, right. Dr. Pepper, the <laughs> the taste that refreshes. <laughs> We've seen product, Dr. Pepper product. before. We mentioned it's fully stocked in Tony's workshop that's refrigerator. Right. Product placement. This one's pretty subtle. Yeah, it's pretty subtle. But it's there. Oh, yeah. It's, it's cool. Oh, but it's it 100% is there, yeah. 
Um, just two other things just to note about this scene. Um, also, while uh, Natalie is saying this to Pepper, a, you can hear it and just start to see a person has entered the scene in the back mm-hmm. by the front door. That's true. I think you can see a leg. A leg. That's it. We don't know who it is. You got to tune in. But uh, one other thing I just want to notice is, so this, his living room shot, this, we've talked about the design of Tony Stark's mm-hmm. house. It's based, the exterior location is based on a real house. It's, it doesn't really actually exist. Right. Um, but the design of this house, uh, courtesy of fancypantshomes.com. Ooh. There you go. There's a site that actually exists for this. Um, they talked about one of the big structural elements of this scene is that staircase. It's one of those cantilevered staircases where they're floating stairs. The original design for this was going to be glass supported by cast aluminum cantilevers. So it would look inv- incredibly more different. And what happened is, is that they realized in the production that it was not feasible to do it. So they used cast concrete steps instead. And they actually thought that it ended up making the scene look a lot cleaner. What I find amusing is what they tried to do has been proven completely possible courtesy of Apple because there are several Apple stores that more or less do what they originally wanted to do in the scene with the glass staircase. Huh. Okay. So there you go. I can see that. There's nothing that some money won't fix or make possible. (laughs) That's the Apple motto, isn't it? That's well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, kind of. Uh, but oh, that, uh, unfortunately, is where our minute comes to an end. Uh, but if you like product placement, boy, can we help you because we've got our own merchandise. That's right. If you go to nextreel.com slash merch, you can see all of our logos and you can put them on whatever things you want to. And if you see something, a logo that you want on something you don't see, ask us. We'll put it on there because we're shameless. Wait, so, we'll do that? Yeah. As long as the company will do it for us. I mean, obviously, we can't put it on, like, living things. And plus, we won't take – you can't submit your thing. No. And then we play – let's be very clear about that. Yeah, exactly. Because we don't want – Let's be slightly vague about it because we still want people to go to there and look at stuff. (laughs) (laughs) We're not here for full transparency. We're here to make money on merch. Just buy some of the stuff, But you also can buy um, Marvel Movie Minute masks. Uh, and if you do, then uh, every mask you buy, we will donate one to a frontline worker. Uh, and so you get something and they get something. I mean, that's kind of a pretty good deal, right? Because we're, we're trying to save the world here, everyone. Please. Right. And you can do it by putting our face on your face. But there's T-shirts, there's mugs, there's all there's stickers, magnets, all kinds of stuff. Whatever you want. We're shameless. Uh, so thank you for listening. Uh, we're going to be back as as the damage control spin doctor comes in, and and uh, really the big mystery you're wondering about whose leg is that? You'll find out in minute forty eight. Enough said. Bye. <laughs>